My name is Amanda Van Annen. Welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Join me and my co-hosts, Betsy Zane and Sophia Brad, as we pierce beyond the beauty myth and get face-to-face with reality. Highs and lows of fashion to the challenges of motherhood, the traumas of life, heartbreak of relationships gone wrong, and how to find purpose and discover your true, authentic self. Hi guys, it's your girl Amanda again and today I'm so excited because I've got Kathy Murphy with me. Kathy is a published author, inspirational speaker, singer, songwriter and a California native. She's a passionate life coach who believes in the invisible and will co-create the impossible with her clients. Her movement, The Rising Tide, helps all women become a force of and in harmony with nature so that they can be a rising tide and in turn raise their energy. Kathy is deeply committed to hardworking women who are unknowingly in abusive relationships with themselves. She helps them connect with their joy in the way it connects with the rhythm of life so that they can redefine their needs and desires. Kathy believes that when women can get out of their heads and into their heart, this is when untapped potential resurfaces. A deeper sense of compassion is attained and their inner wisdom can guide them to greatness with ease and grace without trying. Kathy Murphy's past experience as a firefighter, police officer, and a politician, combined with her masterful curation of philosophies of mind and body, is aligned to bring truth with a capital T to all in her path. Kathy, welcome to Beauty and the Beat. Hi, Amanda. Oh, I'm honored to be here today. I just I love what you're doing and what you are bringing to the world. I can feel the aliveness in listening to you. And I looked at some of your other shows and oh, wow, huge service to people. Thank you you so much, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to start by asking you a few questions. You know, I've been checking out your website and I've checked out what you do. And I'd like to know a bit more because I find what you're doing really interesting about this thing about talking about women and discovering the relationship with themselves. Because I believe that this is something a lot of us, I've talked about this with other guests, um, you know, how sometimes we just hate ourselves. And we have all these things in society that are coming out that, you know, make us hate ourselves. And we have certain patterns we follow either through childhood trauma or through past experiences. Now, Could you kindly tell me your journey from how you got from there to here? Have you always been like this or how did you, because I can see you've been a firefighter, I mean, police officer, politician. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. And obviously a lot of growth has come through that. So could you just tell our audience about your process? Like, how did you end up here? Absolutely. Well, like you guys, I was born created perfect with everything we need inside. And then I went about the world. And as we do, we pick up stories and meaning and things happen to us outside of us. And they get inside. And somewhere along the line, God had a real good sense of humor. I call it God, the universe. There is an energy about the world that we lose touch with because we're looking outside for everything that we think we want. 
And it's just natural conditioning that does it. And it takes us out of our default. Somewhere through all of the hard work, push and fighting I was doing, I still managed to hear that voice and was able a lot of the times to ignore the messages coming through. I just didn't pay attention to them through being a peace officer, being a firefighter, even at a time when there weren't any, when I started both those careers that were women. And then many things that I've dealt with, Lyme disease, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, every kind of diagnosis that we get from the time we're young as we grow up, whether physical, mental, it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to own us, but we feel like it becomes us. And so we tell ourselves all these things about ourselves. I do it too. When I get caught in my head, I know what to do. We all know we have that inner knowing, but through our conditioning, we don't hear it anymore because as soon as we know what to do, we use that overthinking mind to talk ourselves out of why it'll never work, why we're not good enough, why we can't do it. And in my previous career, I always saw potential in everybody. I often hired people to become supervisors and managers under me who were people that really struggled their whole life because everybody told them they would never amount to anything. And they flourished under me. They absolutely flourished when they figured out who they really were how they were created and what they were capable of. We have so much power coming from that place. I got removed from my job for political reasons, essentially isolated to my residence, told if I laughed more would happen to me. It was devastating. At that point, I lost everything I had. It took several years for me to get back into life. And then I got back into surfing. I've been a surfer and part of the ocean all my life where I'm really connected. I had gotten back into surfing. And then January 2nd of 2016, I took off on a wave, felt a big slam to my head. And when I came to, I was swallowing water about 30 feet under my board. I couldn't move my body. And I had this conversation. I said, really, God? After all I've been through the last nine years with illness, injury, the death of both my parents, a long divorce, everything I've been through, I thought for sure you had more plans. And then out of nowhere, nowhere, the way our wisdom works, the way our guidance works, I felt something grab the back of my wetsuit. I believe it was my mom, raise me up and lay me across the board. A few minutes later, the person I was surfing with saw me laying there. And by the time I got to shore, I said, I have got to figure out what the hell I'm doing here because God still has plans. And that's when I went back to school and became a coach so that I could help other people to be able to learn to rise and fall like the tide, to be able to live like we ride waves where we let go of control. That was the hardest thing I had was letting go of control because we think we need to control it to be okay. So that's how I got to where I am today and part of what I started as the rising tide to help all women to rise and the world to rise. That is such a really, really 
amazing story. I mean, I was just like, when you talked about the part where you went under and I was like, oh my God, you know, like that is such a profound experience, right? You know, it's almost like, you know, when I listen to people talk about near-death experiences and stuff like that, I'm always like, wow, you know? But there were a couple of points I made in what you talked about. One of them was about when you were a firefighter and a police officer and hiring these people who thought they will never be anything in life. They had so much potential, just untapped. Exactly. Now, I feel like in today's world, that problem is a far bigger problem than we think it is. A lot of people, I'd say a good 80% of people are walking around with some sort of baggage on them that they feel that they, they will never amount to anything. And sometimes what it ends up happening is they push it down and then they put something else on top right. to try and force it through, you know? So they either become mean brutish, Mm -hmm. or maybe insecure, emotionally void, whatever it is. And that is a core thing that's going on. Because I I believe that when we know who what our true potential is, we don't have jealousy, we don't have malice, we don't have all those things that come along with that type of behavior, because we know that God created this world, and there's a space for everyone everyone's, you know, there's enough for everybody. So what I, I wanted to ask you about this is how do you deal with clients that come to you saying, I don't feel good. My father told me I'll never amount to anything. You know, my mother never amounted to anything. So how can I, because, you know, that's what I've been told or that's what society believes. How do you change that mindset? I basically, I do it in a very different way because I start pointing them immediately to our truth of who we are. We are infinite beings, all connected to each other, all with the potential of the entire universal energy inside us. When they can start seeing that by looking around at where life is, Instead of having them see that they think they need to fix all of the past, they think they need to worry about the future. And when I first became a coach, I worked with people on only techniques to help that problem. Then I studied NLP and I helped them learn to rewire how they were thinking And then I got into something called the three principles of mind, consciousness, and thought. And I really grew to understand and see for myself that we live in a thought-created reality. Thought occurs in the moment. We experience a feeling. They are feeling like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be able to do it. I can't because. And before the because... When they look at their feeling and realize, oh, it happened from a thought. The thought creates a feeling right here, right now. And I had, I'll give an example. I had a client who she had done 20 years in the military. She had PTSD before she went in from childhood abuse. She had PTSD throughout the military. She'd been to counseling since she was 14. She was 39 years old when she came to me. And we started pointing her towards her truth. 
within four weeks, she said, I still have those thoughts once in a while, but I don't pay any attention to them. And then the feeling goes away. So what I tell people when they feel that is that if you're feeling bad and you're thinking about something from the past, start to look to how thoughts just flow and go through, which is what thoughts do. We will no longer experience it. So I worked with her to have her do the next thing that came to her. If she was in the kitchen doing dishes and started to experience it and had those feelings of panic and anxiety setting in, she would go outside and water the garden. And then she would notice a couple minutes later, oh, wow, I don't feel it anymore. Like I saw the thought and now I'm not thinking about it and I'm not feeling it. So we only experience it when we think about it. And if it's as simple as knowing that thought will come, the thoughts from all the universe flow through our head, we have a choice at that point. Does this thought serve me or not? And if it doesn't, any energy we put into it will keep it there. So the putting energy into trying to change it is really messing with the perfect design of who you are as a person. Who you are as a person, if you allow it to flow, a new thought will come. Choose one that does serve you. Yeah, so it's learning. Got rid of it. That's a very interesting process because I use something like that personally myself. Mm -hmm. I see the thought and then I sometimes imagine it as a bubble and I make it as big as possible and then I put a pin through it. and Put a pin in (laughs) it. And awesome. But there's also another thing because I feel like some of us get used to thinking like that. And we get used to this panic anxiety mode where everything that happens, we just start thinking of, we get anxious. And even if it doesn't come to pass, it becomes habit, you know? So whenever I find myself thinking of something and it hasn't even happened yet, the way I go about it is I always think of the worst case scenario. I Absolutely. Think of, I think, <laughs> I think what's the worst case scenario? Then I think, okay, the worst case scenario is not so bad after all. So if you can deal with that, mm-hmm. then you're fine. But I think this anxiety about what's going to happen really, really gets us down. Now, what I want to talk about is, you know, you talk about universal energy and What I want to talk about is how thinking like that stops the energy flow. Because if you're thinking negatively, obviously law of attraction and all these things, you're going to manifest what you're thinking about or what you're most focused on. So it's a question of trying to change your thoughts. Now, another thing you were talking about is you said messages come through. So do these messages come through when we've kind of change our thoughts or when we calm our mind? How does one hear those messages? We hear them when we're out of the logical part of our head and into our heart. However, I had a very busy mind all my life, but I had an inner voice that got really loud and somehow got through that only by the grace of God. I don't know how it got through looking back, but I was still able to hear it. But whatever you can do to calm your mind, whether it's meditation, surfing, 
walking, reading a book, watching a show, any place I tell people I say when clients come to me because they're all busy minded, I say, what do you do when you lose track of time? Like you're not aware there's really anything going on, but what you're engaged in, because we can have that all the time. It's our default. However, the more time you spend in it, the more you know the feeling, the more you know the feeling, the more you will naturally want to take in thoughts that will create that feeling because you know then, oh, the messages come through when I don't have that feeling. The part where the universal energy comes in here is the inner wisdom is what's speaking. So it's the energy of the whole world speaking and you have access to all that in whatever you're doing. So like you can create anything when you ask for help. This morning I did a post and it was on asking for help because it might not be the universe you ask, but being willing to say, hey, I can't do this alone. As soon as you ask for help, you're going to start seeing help. And like you said, whatever we focus on, we get more of all of us do it. I did it at the beginning of COVID. I was like, oh my gosh, we're all going to die anyway. Nobody's getting out of this alive. And I went down that rabbit hole of, I got hacked. They took over my internet. I had to get a brand new computer. Everything went wrong. And I was like, seeing it was going to go that way. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I wasn't, all of a sudden I went, wow, I just had some really scary thinking about it. Mm-hmm. don't know. And right now, anxiety is like at an all-time high with people because nobody knows where we are going. Nobody knows where the world is going. And there's also great possibility in that. Like all rules for how we were told life had to be, those are off. <laughs> No longer apply. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true because everything's changing and I think it's going to force us to change, which could be a positive thing in the long run. So talking about COVID, because you just mentioned that, a lot of people don't have jobs at the moment. You know, you've got the fires going on. You've got the storms going on. We've got a precedent that denies this climate change. We're not going to talk politics, but, you know, I'm someone personally that I never anxious, but even I get anxiety sometimes because of everything that's going on. I mean, you look in the news every day and even that alone is just, I'm like, what is going on with people? You know, children being kidnapped, killings everywhere, gunshots. How can people deal with anxiety that's going on in society today? What will be there? What would you suggest? I think that if we can get to a quieter space in ourselves, whatever that looks like, and really for everyone listening to this too, who feels that energy of life, when each person raises their own energy, when you take care of yourself, do the things you need to do, you may not have a job, you need to eat, you need to do what you can do to make sure you are okay and see that you are okay. As each one rises, the collective rises because we have really got to raise the vibration and the energy of everyone. And we don't get there when we're coming from a place of fighting. We do the best we can with the thoughts that make sense to us. But I tell you, I've been challenged with that thinking. I know that's true. 
but I see people killing other humans and I'm just like appalled at it. Like, how do they do? Like, what are they thinking? And I don't understand what they're thinking, but I do know that it's not in alignment with who we are, that we are all connected. If people could see the oneness and stop, it's like, especially in our country, the way I see it in USA, we're so divided against every label is going to divide against each other, political party. They're all just fighting. And the essence underneath it in all of us is love. You can call it energy, God, you can call it anything. And if we can help raise the consciousness of people where they feel loved, these people don't feel loved. They don't know that life loves them. And one smile when you're walking down the street to someone can change their day. If that is so true. Feel love. But they've got to feel that love because then when they feel that love, how do you fight against, we have such cherished opinions of right and wrong and what we think is right and wrong. And we're forgetting that what we do to one, we do to everybody. We're all the same. It's oneness. We've got to do this as one world, as one economy, as one health system. I mean, it's got to be all of us are in the same boat, which is kind of a, a beautiful thing about COVID. It's, it has some you know, scary sides, but it also has that potential of if we can stop the fight. And I know that because I, I was in politics when even when I was in the police department, I got in very few fights because I didn't show up looking for a fight. I showed up from a place of love and everybody is the same as me. They might be doing something different right now, but they're the mm-hmm. same as me. Mm-hmm. I can see what you're talking about now. A lot of it is about um, humanity. You're talk- basically yeah. talking about people finding their humanity, trying mm-hmm. to develop, you know, like, you know, return to who they are inside rather than just this really brutish or aggressive behavior that's going on in society now. But obviously our politicians don't think so. And um, <laughs> that's a whole nother. Yeah. If we could raise that consciousness. Wow. Like what? And since that has infinite potential, that could cause the biggest change. Seriously. Mm-hmm. If that happened. We and just and it's get- one of those things that we see there's no way in hell. We think it's possible. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> so as we've been talking change basically starts from you. It starts from the individual. And then by you changing, you can obviously change your environment because that's what I believe. You know, like if you want to change your environment, you have to change yourself and then your environment will start to change. Things that don't serve you will disappear. Things that don't. And talking about that, let's talk about resistance because with change comes resistance. With change, when things start to change, people resist. The unknown can sometimes be scary. How should people deal with that? One tiny step at a time. Mm -hmm. Not the whole thing. Don't eat the whole elephant. Take Mm -hmm. one tiny step and see what you see. Because we think it's going to be, we predetermine how we're going to be, who we are. That's how I react to that. I hear people say, I don't do change well. Maybe yesterday you didn't. 
but we get a chance to start over every moment. So what if today you allowed thinking you don't do change well to go just to take one step and let me call a place I don't really think would hire me, but you know, maybe they will. How do I know? I'll just make one phone call, see if they're hiring people. Oh, okay. Just doing it. Confidence is a muscle. Courage is a muscle. We have it. We just forget we have it because we're told that we don't. And when stuff changes, we can't fall back on how we know to do it and how everything before us is going to try to tell us <laughs> that's not the way. No, don't try that. No, you're you're a carpenter. You can't go work there. Mm-hmm. But last year, my dog wrote a book called Says Who? Says Who would say, well, says who? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I can. It's tiny steps, though. Mm-hmm. We think we have to look that, yeah, but if I take that, then what about next year? What about next year? What about next year? You guys, we can only see what's right in front of us right now because that's where we get our wisdom. And that so would- step will lead us to the next one. So you would say it's one step at a time, baby steps, yes. baby steps, baby steps. As, as you make one change, you start to see it reflect in your environment. You make another change, baby step, one step at a time, one step at a time. And eventually things will change. But, you know, a lot of people will say that's easier said than done. Because <laughs> for some people, just finding the energy or like you, we said earlier, the thought patterns to change, even that's, you know, that's a big thing for them. They just can't do it. And I see on your website, you have a book called the InstaShift program. Tell me a bit about that. The InstaShift is a way to play with the space where you see how you're thinking, which is naturally human. That's how we think. How you're thinking is creating your experience. And then one step at a time, you notice it. And people are trying their best to change the thoughts. But the InstaShift helps them see that, believe it or not, you don't have to try hard. You just have to see how it works. It would be like saying, put your TV together like this when you don't understand the science of, oh, I plug it in and power goes to it. Mm. Oh, I let thoughts flow. And I don't have to do anything about it. My feeling will change. I can be okay feeling crappy right now because I'm not going to feel crappy when I go do something else. Mm -hmm. And that helps them in the Insta shift. They're able to see it for themselves through insight of playing with it for four weeks because we can learn something from a book and understand how it works. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you see it, you see it. You've, I know you've seen things in your life and you've gone, oh, yeah, like that's it. Mm-hmm. You never question it again. Mm-hmm. So it becomes easier to make the change rather than have a massive amount of work. When we look at it like people are always trying too hard. <laughs> if I just don't try, you mean it'll change on its own. Are you sure? But when you have a chance to try it and you see it did change on its own, isn't that odd? Then more and more we're able to go, yeah, 
I feel like this. I must be having these thoughts. Oh, wait, I don't need to do anything. I'll just wait and see what happens. No energy into it. No focus on it goes away. And can I ask a question? Why do you think human beings have these self-deprecating thoughts? Because human beings tend to have self-deprecating thoughts. It's like if you ask someone, for example, if I said to someone, I have something to tell you, the first thing they think is, oh my God, what's wrong? You know, why don't humans think, oh, maybe she has something positive to tell me. You know, like whenever we tell someone, I I need to tell you something. It's always, we always think on the negative. And is that because of control, us trying to control the way things happen? And so we think, oh, something's definitely wrong. Oh, fuck. You know, or is it because of conditioning? Because when you talk to a child and you say to a child, I have something to tell you, they're not thinking bad thoughts. Oh, they're, they're all excited. <laughs> exactly. They're thinking, you probably got Tell me now. Thoughts. Tell me now. <laughs> exactly. So where does that change for us as we grow older, where everything becomes so negative? I see a lot of it start at the age of 12, because I also work with 12 through 15-year-old mm-hmm. girls. And they still have that strong inner voice, but they're getting that, they're starting to shoulda all over themselves. Mm-hmm. They're going, well, I should, I should do it like this. I should do it like that. And the conditioning kicks in. We do like to control. Like certainly if I thought I could control the future for everybody in the world right now, I'd be right on it going, wow. All right, let's turn this around. Let's get everybody jobs and healthcare. Let's make this okay. We like things being orderly and fixed. And so our inclination is, especially, I don't know if you have kids, but I raised two boys and now I have a grand, brand new granddaughter. And it's like, you immediately want to help them fix that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wait, maybe they don't need me to fix it. Maybe they need to do it their way. It's the hardest thing to resist. And so if we look at, the future. Anytime we're future thinking, we do the same thing. We make up this horrible future for ourselves. And there's probably one in a million chances that that is what we're going to get. We could get all the other ones. Say one out of 100 that that'll happen, but 99 out of 100 that it won't. We do that constantly just because we're the only one in the universe who has the power of thought. And it's a gift because we can also imagine this really awesome future and we act as if we already have it. So that's another thing I do with people is I say, you know, what would you really like? Like it can be pick something impossible and it's easier for them to get to impossible than possible because they feel like, well, I can't do that. So they have to call upon that inner wisdom and that greater energy to do it. And they naturally, each step, take a step towards that. So I would tell people, play a game called warmer, colder with one tiny step. You go 120 step and something doesn't feel right about it. Because, you know, we all get those too, like baseball bat to the head. Oh, that wasn't the right (laughs) thing to do. You know, it's not that, but it happens. And go, well, not that way. Let me step over here. We try that and we go, yeah, like that felt good. I think there might be something here for me. Oh, go that way, another step. 
Because really, when we can quiet that noise, like I said, however you know, when you're cooking, when you're, there's so many ways that we all do it every day to listen to it. When you hear it, that is going to guide you always. You can't get life wrong. As much as we feel like, well, no, I did this and I totally screwed up my life. Now I'm never going to do anything else. No, new chance to start again. Mm -hmm. Go to warmer next time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard for people because, you know, when, especially when people have sickness, illness, you know, like you talked about your illnesses and, or death, which you've experienced as well. And I've experienced and, you know, and it's just part of life, but it can be traumatic. It can be, one can become very pessimistic about life. One can feel like nobody else cares because I'm going through this alone and nobody, everybody's just moving on. And one can become very pessimistic about life and about how things work. And how does one deal with grief or sickness? We learn that it's okay to experience it. Mm-hmm. And some days suck mm-hmm. and they're hard and we can't get out of bed. But nothing in life is permanent, even life is a permanent mm-hmm. for all of us. And I think that when we've connected to whatever people choose to call the greater energy, and we see how it really does have everything and how we really are infinite beings, then we know, like I said, I know it was my mom that pulled me out of there. My mom's not here, but I feel her all the time. So we don't really leave. We just change form, which is kind of a weird thing to grasp. But a diagnosis, the first thing that helps people, because I work with breast cancer support, I work with kidney support. And the first thing that helps them is feeling like, oh, that diagnosis was where my body is at one point in time doesn't mean it's always going to be there, does it? And I say, no. And you can see the weight lift off their shoulders Mm. when they know that, because then it becomes okay. It's like, you have cancer. These are the options. Which do you want to do? Okay, I'll do that. It becomes just something that we do. And some days it's really hard to do because of pain, because of everything. However, when we know that we're just doing it each day to see what the next day brings, and while we're doing it, when we get out of the car, we're gonna look at somebody who's smiling. We're gonna feel the people who are around us, here or not, because we're not alone. Comes back to that disconnection that lives in the world right now. Everybody's struggling from disconnection and it's not just the isolation. It's when people are in person and they're not really with the people they're with, they're disconnected from them. When you feel the connection, you know, those people are there for you. You know, there's love. Yeah. So going through diagnosis, there's, there's all kinds of support groups for people. I encourage everybody to join those. We don't want to ask for help. We want to That's try to push through. Help. I think asking for help, you've, you've nailed it on the head there. 
is a very important thing because I feel like most of the time as humans, we don't ask for help. Even from our friends, we feel embarrassed. We feel like, oh, even when, you know, we should be asking for help, you know, you're, you're grieving, you're, I mean, that's why they're your friends. And it's funny because when we do ask for help, because I think we all have this innate humanity, you could even ask for help mm -hmm. from a stranger and you'll be amazed how much yeah. they'll just reach out to you and be like, oh my God. And somewhere you might touch that person and that person will be like, I met this person today and they changed my life. But we don't believe in that magic enough as humans. And it can be like really daunting. But, you know, we talked about grief. We talk about sickness. Now I'm going to, let's talk about the magic M word, money. Because mm -hmm. that's one that gets people really <laughs> and anxious and all those things. Right. How do people deal with that? Going through, uh, you know, financial anxiety or especially we talked about that a bit with the COVID thing, but you know, there are people out there, you know, that are trying to get a better job or going through school, trying to pay for their school, um, lost their job, trying to get a new job out of work, trying to get money to feed their kids. How does one deal with this, you know, without going crazy? Because you're, as you know, your, your mind is just, starts playing a show with you because you start oh, seeing yeah. <laughs> all the things are going to go wrong because yeah. you don't have the money. Absolutely. And in a country like America, unfortunately yeah. they do. Yeah. It's one of, and it's one of probably one of the worst in terms mm -hmm. of no balance in, in, mm -hmm. in that. And yeah. money just like everything is made of energy, but we have this idea with money, with everything of what it should look like or what it has to look like to get money and to create money. And if we can take a new look at that also, it comes back with all those beliefs and those limitations that we don't realize we have that are saying like, oh, well, this is the kind of job I can get. Not looking outside that, and yeah, now I think it's worse than ever right now because there are a lot of people not working. And so those people need to get money. One, it would be nice if we had some kind of healthcare for everybody and basic stuff going that provided help. But in the same way, ask for help. Like there are probably neighbors who help buy groceries like during COVID, everywhere that we looked, people were helping. And the thing is, we need to continue that. It's like when it's a major incident, people step in and help. But the ongoing, what each of us can do to help with that is huge. And I know that most communities have help for people in those ways, with food, with school supplies. They had them at the local school where I am the other day and everybody had chipped in and brought, went and bought things for backpacks for the kids and all these things that they need at home now. And so I think reaching out for that, but also looking again at asking for help and being willing to say like, how could I try something I haven't tried to get money. What might come to me if I could 
step out of the panic I'm in about it, that I'm not going to be able to pay the bills and feed my family. Just for an hour, I'll go mow the lawn and forget about the money and see if something comes to me like, oh, remember that day you were in that place and they said if you ever needed a job and they're open? I mean, stuff like that comes to us when we stop worrying and stressing about it. Because worry and stress put us right into cortisol pumping through our body. And right now we've got the lion on us going, oh, if I don't get money in the next hour, like we're in serious trouble. And it comes back to that, how can you get to the calm state? And it's really just doing something different, like mowing the grass. Mm. Mm. Mowing your lawn, you're not thinking about, oh, wait, I got to get money. Because you're focused on something else, doing the dishes, cooking. That takes your focus off it. And when your focus isn't on it, ask for help. Just quietly ask for help. Ask the universe, hey, I don't have any clue how this could happen. But somehow, I need to get some money coming in. And then the important thing is, you know, also to try and prevent anxiety and negative thinking. Because then you start manifesting it, right? You just start manifesting what you thought was going to happen. Because that's what you... You know, the universe thinks that's what you go, you know. And I do think a lot of people find the whole universe and manifesting thing, even though the I would say books like The Secret have really helped because now people know more about manifesting and law of attraction. But a, a lot of people still think it's blah, 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 uh, mumble jumble. You know, they think that it doesn't work. But we know as humans that when we feel good, our environment feels better. <laughs> Yeah, we, we do better. When we feel right? good, we do better. Mm-hmm. And if it helps you just feel good, do something that helps you feel good mm-hmm. and you will do better. And it doesn't mean you don't, because the other thing, I think part of the reason people see that is they're like, sure, I can wish for it all day. Yeah, you can. And you also have to do your part. You also hey, have to you. make a call, make a call to one place. You don't have to do a lot. Like I said, one small step. Point yourself that way and take one step. That's it. See what happens. Because when you take a step, now that universe is going to step in and go, oh, wait, we're serious. We're going this way. And then you keep taking steps. You can't sit back and expect for it to just come to you. Maybe there are people who do that, but I don't think it works. Personally, I have no experience in that and I haven't seen it work for others. But when you're taking action, no matter how small, I have seen it work. It's almost like stuff falls out of nowhere. Something will come to you one day and you'll be like, oh, and that's not saying that it's going to come from that space everywhere. That's saying that stuff will come to you and it can keep coming to you and you keep doing your part. What you know to do, then Full stop. As soon as you get an idea, oh, I had to call that place. Full stop. Go call. Don't wait until you talk yourself out of it. Because we do that. In the next 20 minutes, I'll be like, oh, wow, I guess I didn't have time for that call. (laughs) But what's important is a lot of time when we talk ourselves out of that or when we don't do something, it's usually because there's a fear underneath. There's something underneath. or So we start procrastinating because we feel... and. It's not only a fear of calling, but there's also that fear of rejection. Right. Yeah, we have fear stops us dead. 
It you really know? does. Stop. And yes, yeah, like there's the fear of rejection, like, oh, they're not going to call me back. I'm not good enough. They they have other people they're going to call, you know. So, and, you know, what I say is, so what? Yeah. Just it's, not, try. it's not about you. Yeah, it's just about them. But if it's about them, call them. They might say and yes. And also what I tell people is you will be surprised how short the human memory is. Even if they don't call you to get you try again, the next time they might call you back. And, you know, it's all about what you think about yourself. Because guess what? They're just an HR looking for someone to fill a position. If it's not you, it's going to be someone else. And that's it. Yeah. They don't you even know, know you. They don't exactly. even know you. You're just a number. <laughs> You're just a number. And I find like people start thinking that and people I've had people because I've worked in personal development for a long time and I've, you know, done a lot of spiritual practice and developed myself personally. I've started to observe that even you meet people that even because their mind is so clouded, even when you have a friend or you have a friendship with them, the things they do at times that you can even see from the outside that they're suffering. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So I'll give you an example. Like, you know, I've had a friend who she'll call me, she'll say, okay, let's hang out. And I'll be like, I can't today because I have to do this. Then maybe we'll hang out tomorrow. Then I can't. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe a year down the line, we're talking about something and we have an argument. And she's like, well, you think you're too good because you don't want to hang out. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> but you see, yeah. it's their personal thing. And to be honest, I've been a vic- I've, I've, it's happened to me myself where, you know, something doesn't happen. And I'm like already making a story up in my mind thinking, yes. it must be because of this. It must be because of that. That person's snobbing me. That person doesn't. And I think, you know, you've nailed it on the head. Our thoughts are dangerous. (laughs) They are. We go right in that rabbit hole. We come up with, oh, they don't like me. They don't this. And and the funny thing is, because it's like you said, we tend to go to that negative. But realizing it's just the negative thinking helps us allow it to leave. Mm -hmm. Because we also go to it when, like, we think something's going to happen and it doesn't, and we automatically make those assumptions of why it didn't. And oh, mm-hmm. I can't do that because what are people going to think of me? And I'll ask people, I'll go, Who are these people? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Well, these people, I'm like, Those those are people you don't even know. Like, would it matter? It's not your business, but would it matter if they had a thought about you when you don't even know these people? You're never going to see them again. And there's so much thinking in our head we can know that everybody walking around has the same thing going on in their head. So really we're the last one they're thinking about. They're in here trying to figure their own stuff out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're going, I got to figure this out. Exactly. (laughs) And if I'm thinking like that, it eventually affects the way you act. Because you walk into the room with all these thoughts and people can kind of, they're like, something's odd, you know, because you're not at ease. So one of the things I do, it's funny because I do the same thing you do. I, you know, I walk into a place and I say, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to walk in here and everybody's going to want what I have to sell if I'm selling something, you know? I mean, when I started the podcast, it was the same for me. I would, but I didn't care. I just email people. I'd be like, do you want to be on the podcast? This is what's going on. And some of them are really big, but they, they were like, oh yeah, cool. You know? 
And then those are the ones you want. (laughs) You know, I I didn't really, it didn't, it didn't matter. And it's like, I feel like in life, when we want something, we have to go in, you know, full on, you know, and get rid of all that garbage that's going through our head. Cause all we create is stories. It's like, we're creating so many different tales about things that are not happening. And they, those, those in our reality are what we're living in. Every story we create is creating how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And we can, oh, yeah. we can feel it. We're not even there. We're not even in it yet. It hasn't happened, but we're in it. We're making it up and it but, feels real. Yeah. But part of it is, as we said, it's because of those traumatic experiences that cause us to start, you know, weaving a different narrative for ourselves and then we weave that narrative and it starts manifesting because we have this trauma and we think, oh yeah, everybody hates me. And so you start behaving in a way to make everybody hate you or, you know, you start self-sabotaging. Because mm-hmm. I see that a lot where people sabotage themselves constantly. Okay. Well, they, and they don't even see it. It makes sense. Oh, they don't see it. Yeah, it just makes sense to them. Yeah, and they don't see it. And it takes someone from the outside that can see that they're doing that. And they, you know, and I've had people in my life that do that. And I tried to help. And even I became the enemy because they were like, whoa, you know. And so sometimes you just have to let go. But, you know, all these insights are amazing. And, you know, people listening here, if they want to find you, where can they find you so that they can get all this wonderful stuff? You can find me on Instagram at We Are Rising Tides. That's the main social media place I hang out. I have Facebook, but I'm not there a lot. And my mm-hmm. website is WeAreRisingTides.com because I truly believe we are all rising tides. And like the tide, we're going to keep rising and falling, but we're created to rise. We have bounce back that we don't see. And when that bounce back happens, then we're better able to do like you and I do where we still get in the thinking, but we pay less attention to it and it means less to us. We're just mm-hmm. like, oh, the people that will hear me are the people who need to hear me. Okay, the other ones won't. Mm-hmm. It's all good. We just take it lighter because life lived light with light from inside each person is that can light the whole world right now. And the world really needs everybody's light. Everyone can smile at someone. Even with your mask on, you can still feel it. Exactly. Exactly. Because the world is such an amazing place. And I think a lot of us do ourselves disservice, you know, Mm -hmm. by not being our best possible selves and living in the past, you know, rather than living in the present. So, Kathy, it's been great having you on the show. <laughs> wonderful. Amanda. I know. And, and thank you so much. I mean, even you. I you've 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 started making me think a lot because I I do use some of those techniques and I must say sometimes it's is difficult just getting rid of negative thoughts, you know, it can be challenging. But nobody ever said it was easy. <laughs> However, what if you didn't think it was challenging? What if you just mm. didn't think that thought? No, that's a good thought, right? <laughs> Try that that's today. See thought. what happens. Because yeah. we can, we can ask challenging. ourselves that. Yeah, I like you that. I like that. Just ask yourself that question sometime when you're like, oh, look at that person. Like, they don't like me. Like, I don't like and go, huh, mm-hmm. what if I didn't think that? Gosh, I might go up and say hi. 
you know, I mean, it can make night and day between how we approach things. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of thinking. Yeah. Because, you know, it's funny that you said that because sometimes we just don't catch ourselves when we're doing the, this stuff, right. you know, these little negative thoughts. So, <laughs> yeah. Cause we, yeah, they're flying around. And then when we seriously, when we try, when we try mm -hmm. anything too hard, you guys don't try so hard when we try anything hard, like then we become, cause I went through this time frame. I was on a thought catching mission. Oh, I'm going to catch them all, you know? And I did. And then I found more and then I found more. And then I was like, well, wait, wait, I'm putting too much like work in this. I'm going to just notice them. Mm -hmm. Notice instead of trying to catch them and be like, oh, here's what I say to myself. There I go. I'm just being human. You know, it's kind of funny how we humans are because mm -hmm. we are. And, and we live in a space where we live in both worlds. Mm -hmm. And the infinite part is so important because you guys, you can do anything with that. Exactly. There's so much more than what you know. Yeah, I know. It's also amazing how much we can handle as human beings. We think we can't handle a lot until we come face to face with it. Right. And then we're surprised. The yeah. We're like, oh, I got what I needed in the moment. Mm -hmm. like not a minute before. Boy, they could have made that a little different, you know, where we got it like an hour before. So we were ready. Mm -hmm. no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but it's true. It's like exactly. having that trust. Mm -hmm. And choosing trust and faith over fear. That's really where the choice to not feel fear comes from. Because we're going to feel fear. But when we feel have faith that, it anyway. oh, I don't have to push through this. I'll get what I need in that moment. Not a minute before. Mm -hmm. I get that in surfing. I take off on some waves. If I thought about taking a wave like that, I'd be scared to death beforehand. I take off on it. And then I'm like, God, this is awesome. Like I get what I need. Sometimes I needed to like be thrown down the front, but it's, it's like, it just trying to go about knowing that you will get it when you need it. Yeah. Not when, it always not when up. we think we need it, when we really do need it, it shows up. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you so, so much for coming on the show. Thank Kat. you.